Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 21 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on this week's show, we are at the quarter mark of the season as we are one-fourth of the way through. So we're going to take this time to catch up with David as we look back on the season so far and look to the rest of the schedule ahead, including this weekend's race at Talladega. We'll get David's thoughts on that and look back at some of his favorite memories and more. And a reminder, as always, Let's Go Racing is presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, and prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh, 24 hours a day. What a burger. David Starr joins us right now. David, fresh off and off week. David, how are we doing? Uh, doing great, man. It's just been a busy day for me, and uh, we had a busy off weekend, and uh, man, just uh, lots going on, but really looking forward to this coming uh, weekend, our big race at Talladega. Anytime you go to Talladega or Daytona, it's a great equalizer, man, so uh, it gives everybody an opportunity to win a race, and uh, I'm always excited. Anytime I go to any race, I'm excited, but looking forward to Talladega definitely this weekend. Dominic Oregon of the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Don, we decided to wear matching shirts today, all three of us. Uh, there's a look I at gotta this David, I got to give David credit where credit's due. He's the one that came up with the idea that we should all be wearing matching shirts. So, hey, he did great <laughs> idea there. And uh, Taya Pino, I know you're watching. Thanks again for the shirts. They, they're awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. Thank <laughs> we, you. <laughs> We certainly appreciate it. David, uh, we mentioned that you were off this week, but the uh, Cup Series still put on an exciting show uh, this past weekend. Alex Bowman getting the win at Richmond and getting it done late in the race as he was able to hold off Denny Hamlin and, and uh, get that 48 car back in victory lane, first time in a regular season race since 2017 what'd you make of uh, Alex Bowman getting it done on Sunday man you know uh it's not a surprise anytime you see a Hendrick car win a race it's not surprising because man they're a powerhouse team with some great crew chiefs and obviously great lineup of drivers but anytime you can go to Richmond and beat that number 11 FedEx car <laughs> you're doing something pretty special being because man Denny Hamlin's got that place figured out has had it figured out over the years. And uh, I think Denny was probably the class of the field again. And uh, it was kind of cool to see Alex Bowman come up on a late restart and take advantage of an opportunity there and, and capitalize on it and win the race, man. It was, it was, uh, it was impressive. I mean, Denny had a great car the whole race and to have Alex come up there and come and, uh, you know, compete co compete against Denny for the win and win the thing. It's like, man, he did something really spectacular. So I thought it was pretty awesome. And uh, am I surprised? I'm not really surprised because, man, the Hendrick cars, I mean, you watch them week in and week out. I mean, they're in the top five, top ten, all of their cars. I mean, they just they, – their cars are really, since the season started, have really – been performing well and uh it was great to see alex bowman put the number 48 you know car back into victory lane and and uh tyler like you were saying i don't think that's happened in a regular season for about three or four years uh since his last one yeah and dominic i'll turn it over to you the thing i look at with alex bowman that you know no matter how the rest of his career plays out here a big part of his legacy is going to be known as the replacement, you know, taking that ride for Dale Jr. and doing a really good job his first few years in that 88. Now in the 48, he's off to a good start to 2021, getting that car back in victory lane, back to winning form that we just haven't seen from that ride in a while here. A lot of pressure on Alex Bowman, but so far his time at Hendrick Motorsports seems like he's passed every test at this point. I think to add on to that, Tyler, you drove at a really good point of how no matter the rest of his career and how it goes, 
Alex Bowman is going to be known as that guy that took over for Dale Earnhardt Jr. when he had his concussion issues, whenever Jr. retired full-time, whenever Johnson stepped away full-time. But I look back to even early 2016 to kind of build on what you're saying here because had he not gotten released from his contract with Tommy Baldwin Racing, we may never have seen Alex Bowman in the ride he's in in the first place, getting the chance to run the 10 races in the 88 car, getting the chance to be the Will Force driver for Team Chevrolet tests throughout 2017. I remember talking with Alex in 2017. I saw him in street clothes at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway race in that in March of that year. And he said he was just enjoying his time. He was enjoying doing the simulation and the simulating driving at Hendrick Motorsports and doing the test sessions. And he was just biding his time. And three career wins. Tyler, we know his first two career wins there. They came at Chicagoland Speedway and Auto Clip Speedway. We know what happened to those tracks. Do you think the owners of Richmond Raceway are thinking, uh-oh, Alex Bowman won? <laughs> I don't think so, but if anything, it shows his diversity that he's not just a mile-and-a-half guy. Went on a short track uh, the way he did was cool. And now we've seen eight different winners, I believe it is, in the first nine races. Am I right on that, Don? You're absolutely right. Eight winners in nine races. Okay. Martin Truex Jr. is the only repeat winner thus far. Okay. So with that being said, that's eight playoff spots. Half of the playoff field already locked up at this point. David, what do you make of that? It doesn't seem like a, there's a clear front runner established yet at this point. A lot of parity already to start off the 2021 Cup Series campaign. Man, lots of parity. And, uh, man, you know, I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talk. And, uh, man, you know, you, you talk about the guys that haven't won a Cup race yet, you know. And, uh, you know, how many spots are available for the cup playoff when it finally gets here. Is it 16? Is that correct? 16. 16. And we already have half from full. That's amazing. You know, you just look at Kevin Harvick and I'm, I'm talking about Kevin Harvick and, and uh, uh, you know, he's just one that kind of stands out in my mind. I'm really surprised by him not being in victory lane so far, because man, you look at their performance last year, I think in 2020, uh, they won nine races. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but man, that was a lot of races to win. And uh, and then the second, you know, the second one I think about is is uh, Kyle Busch. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's some really heavy hitters out there in 2021 that hadn't visited Victory Lane yet. So, it's kind of interesting. I really think that uh, man, way before the playoffs get here, we might have 16 different. We might have our playoff already. Uh, uh, you know, all the winners, we might get to 16 different winners before we even get close to the playoffs. Does that make sense? Absolutely, David. And I think another point to drive at that, too, an important name I think you left out there, too, is Denny Hamlin. Nine races, he has eight top five finishes. His worst finish is 11. And I talked with Hamlin after the race on Sunday, and I asked him, I said, when you have a run like that and you finish second, you lead the most laps, you win the stages, does your team get more momentum? Or is there more frustration? How is that? And he said it's a double-edged sword. Yes, you're happy you're running that well, but you just can't seem to get over that little cliff to be able to actually punch that that ticket to victory lane. But, guys, I look at Danny Hamlin. He's led the most laps. He has the best average starting position, the best average finishing position, leads a lot of the statistical categories thus far through 2021. First in he points. Has a points race lead over second place in points, 73 points on his wow. points lead. The max you can gain in one race is 59. So, I mean, unless it's the Coke 600, the most you can gain is 69 because of the extra stage. But Hamlin has a full race lead on the points, and he hasn't won a race yet this year. That's amazing because you look at Atlanta. Uh, you look at Atlanta when, you know, he God, he was so strong there. And then, you know, Logano gets him uh, right there at the end. And uh, and then, you know, you go back to Martinsville this past, uh, you know, two weekends ago, and man dominated and, uh, and then capitalized on the win. But, man, he is just strong week in and week out. And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the way I view that, uh, like Denny said, it's a double-edged swords. But I can assure you that week in and week out, if you're a top five guy and to run like Denny Hamlin has been running since the season started, your wins are just right around the corner. I really feel like that we're going to see that 11 FedEx uh, Toyota in victory lane really soon. I mean, you can't run that good for this long. And, and like you were saying, Dominic, all the laps led and 
leading to points and everything. I, I really feel like that we're going to see that FedEx car in victory lane uh, really soon. I think so too, David. And I, I want to ask you too, from a competitor standpoint, as you start clicking off these good runs and you are yet to find victory lane in a way, does it kill momentum for a team too, knowing that you haven't gotten that victory yet? You're still running well, but you're still not being able to climb to victory lane. Is, is that any way of like a momentum killer for a team or a driver? Well, I can just, I can tell you my, 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 my mindset on that because Years ago, when I was uh, when I was in the truck series and competitive, when I was driving com- really competitive, I was equal, and we were usually a top five, top ten guy every race, top fives, top fives, and you know it weighs a little bit heavy on your mind. Just like man, I'm right there, but I can't really, you know, I need just a little bit more. What's going on? You know, you start questioning your ability, you know, but you're right there. You're finishing third, second, fifth, sixth, and I'm like, man. You know, and when you can finally, finally pull into victory lane, man, it's, 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 it's amazing. But I, I don't know if I would call it a, uh, I don't know, man, it, it's got, for me, it's got to be a momentum, a momentum thing, you know what I mean? Uh, because for, for yourself and your team, even though you're not pulling into victory lane when they're waving the checkered flag, but you're right there, you know, so it, I feel like that. You know, it's it goes back to your attitude, your attitude of your whole organization, your racing team, and and you know it's uh, kind of like crew chiefs and uh, engineers and owners. You know, just the main people in that organization. You know, you know they want to keep a good positive attitude because you can't get down on yourself and start doubting everything. Because I mean, you're, a, I mean, like you guys were talking about, you're leading all these laps, you're you're leading races, you're leading the points. I just feel like, for me, that he know they know as an organization that that eleven car is going to be pulling into victory lane really soon. I mean, we got lots of more races coming before the uh, the the cutoffs here, and I just I just got to think that Denny Hamlin is the top contender to win the championship in two thousand and twenty one. In my mind, it is. Oh yeah, I mean the. Crew chief pairing with him and uh, Chris Gabehart uh, has been phenomenal since those two got together a couple years ago. They've been the best crew chief duo in all of NASCAR. And even though they haven't gotten to victory circle yet this year, that day will come. I mean, it's not a matter of if, but when with those guys. They'll have it figured out. One more thing before we move on and talk about David, what he's got going on and do his season recap. I want to talk about just the – Another line of parody is uh, is looking at the manufacturer's battle. You have four different teams that have been in victory lane this year, and we've seen all three manufacturers in victory lane at this point. Um, it, it seems like, David, that, you know, one year it's the Fords, another year it's the Chevys, another year it's the Toyotas, and a different manufacturer every year. This year, not that way at all. Not only are we seeing a diverse number of drivers get wins, but the manufacturer race has been pretty balanced, it seems, to this point. You know, it seems to be that way. It's kind of interesting. And I and you guys might have the statistics, but but just, you know, looking at it, I mean, it's like every time I'm watching a cup race, if I'm there, it's usually a Toyota, a Ford, a Chevrolet. I mean, it, or, you know, it's like – I mean, it looks like they're pretty equal. You know, I felt like in 2020, Ford had kind of an edge. And, and I don't know if the edge was was power-wise, engine-wise, or aero-wise, but it looks like, uh, Tyler, like you were saying, that the parity of, of the three manufacturers are so close, you know. And, and I got to think that NASCAR really has to have – we need to give some credit to NASCAR as a sport, as the industry, uh, you know, to have the the different manufacturers involved in our sport, to have them that equal, I think it makes our our racing so much better for our fans. And man, when you have great racing like we've had, I don't care if it's the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series, Xfinity Series, or the Cup Series, the racing's been phenomenal. And, man, I know over the years we've had a dip in our uh, attendance, our fans. We have – I don't know what you want to say. We've, we've had, you know, uh, 
we ain't had as many fans that we've had in the past attend these races, but man, the product on the racetrack, the racing is phenomenal. You know what I mean? So I love it that the manufacturers are that close together. And I love it that NASCAR has done a great job to try to get everybody equal. And I love the product that is produced on the racetrack because racing is unbelievable. Yeah. I'll follow up with this. Just one more last point and go to Dominic on this one. Dom, with, with what we mentioned, how close the manufacturers are, how good the racing's been, we're getting a diverse number of winners here. It almost makes me nervous for next year when you go to that next-gen car of, you got a good thing going right now. Are, are, are you sure you want to move over to next year? I'm almost <laughs> hesitant thinking about next year and that new car without good things are right now. Now, you bring up a great point. I, I don't know if I was talking with you or somebody else a few days ago about this, but how there was that transition, right, from 2007, right, 2006, 2008, the car of tomorrow, the Gen 4 to Gen 5, how you kind of got eased in in 2007, and hearing how the dirt race at Bristol next year may use the current car. What's well, not to say we could have this current car at some of these other tracks as we transition to this new Gen car. I don't know if NASCAR would feel that could be a lateral move, I know they did that 15 years ago in 2007, 2006, but you guys are right. I mean, it seems like everything is good right now. As the old saying goes, why do you want to fix something if it isn't broken? Yeah, yeah. And, Dominic, you brought up a good point. I mean, you know, I think we could have our own show, an hour show, on talking about, you know, this next-gen car. Did I, am I calling that right, Tyler? Is yes. that what they call it? The, the next-gen car. And – and kind of like what Dominic's saying, if it's not broke, why try to fix it? You know what I mean? But I think NASCAR and the manufacturers are so, so embedded in this new car. I mean, y'all, we've heard about it for two years. Uh, we see all the testing going on, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, all the parts that are being manufactured. It's just such a big project that's so far that's been so embedded in our sport, meaning the manufacturers are behind it and all the research and technology on the car. Uh, and they're building lots of those cars right now. Even though our racing is so good right now and the manufacturers are so close, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it only – next year when Daytona comes here and we got the new next-gen car racing, I mean – for me, just common sense tells you that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time to make sure that there's parity within the, the, the three manufacturers that we get to racing to, back to what it is that we have and see right now. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, I think the sport, uh, that new gen, uh, next-gen car, I think you know NASCAR uh, will have our work cut out for us to – to get what we have now, I, I think it's going to be a work in progress, really. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. David, uh, you're heading to Talladega this weekend. And first off, just where you're at at this point in the year, how would you evaluate how things are going for you and your team at, uh, at this point, Dave? Well, I mean, you know, I was talking to Carl Long on the phone a couple of days ago, and, and we just kind of talking about where we're at, what's been happening. And, man, I – I got to be honest with you. It's been a long time since I've had a season start out this this bad. You know what I mean? We've we've had some uh, good race cars. We just had a lot of bad luck. You know what I mean? Racing, you know, racing. There's a lot of luck involved. You know, and I feel like I've had such good luck over the years that the bad luck's starting to catch up to me. You know, you just can't be great all the time. You know, where where you know uh, your luck's always on your side. And uh, we just have different things that have happened out of our control. Uh, so uh, looking at where we're at right now, it's not where we want to be. I can assure you that. And we got our work cut out for us. But, uh, you know, uh, the attitude of our racing team and everybody uh, is great. Everybody's working hard. You just got to work through that. It's a cycle. You know what I mean? And right now we've, we've been dealing with a lot of bad luck. And hopefully we can just keep, keep our heads down keep working, keep a positive attitude, and we'll cycle out of that bad luck stuff, you know, but it's just racing. I just call it racing, you know what I mean? So, uh, love love that we have the opportunity 
Uh, and, you know, when you race as much as we have over the years, it's not always going to go your way. But, golly, man, I, I, I hate it when you have bad luck. But it, it is what it is, you know. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to Talladega. You know, it's always uh, – you guys know Daytona Talladega is a crapshoot. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I mean, you could be having a, a, a great day, a great race, and you know. And it don't take much there in Talladega or Daytona where somebody messes up. The next thing you know, you got the big crash. And you don't want to be involved in that. You want to be there at the end, you know. So, uh, so anyway, it's, uh, it's exciting. This, this coming weekend is exciting. But uh, – but to kind of grade our, our performance and our, and our team and, and talk about where we're at right now, it's, it's not where I want to be, I can assure you of that. So what in the immediate can you guys do to, to get where you want to go? What are some of the little things you can do better, you think, David? Well, I mean, you know, I'm working with Carl Long for the first time and, uh, you know, just them learning, you know, how I drive the race car. Uh, you know, every week we're really talking about setups and chassis stuff, you know, because at the, you know, at the end of the day, if you can hold that right, if you can hold that gas pedal down, you know, longer than your competitors, uh, you're going to go faster. If the car doesn't turn through the corner, then rotate through the corner, you don't have good traction up off the corner. Well, you know, the, your, your foot's coming off the throttle, you know what I mean? So we've been really discussing a lot about our setups, our front end geometry, what springs and shocks we use and just kind of our setups and trying to, uh, you know, just understanding what, what I like in a race car and then, uh, and then having my team understand what I like and then trying to have that consistent every weekend and week out, you know? So, uh, you know, I think we're still, we're still learning each other, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting closer. And, uh, but man, I'm, uh, I love my little team. Carl Long's as awesome as a team owner, and uh, MBL Motorsports is an awesome team. It's obviously a not your powerhouse team, but there's a lot of heart. There's a lot of passion there, and that's one of the things I like. I like great attitudes, and I like passion. I like desire, and we have all that. So you know, we got some great, great partners. I'm so thankful. Couldn't race without all our different. We have like. 80 companies that sponsor us and without them we couldn't race so uh man i'm just excited to get back to talladega and then from talladega go over to darlington and i'm just excited to keep racing and and man that that passion to do better and to try to win just really burns hot inside my body and the team i'm with i just love what they stand for and the passion they have so uh i look for uh you know for good things here in the next couple of races yeah. Dave, you mentioned it there, too. You can hear it in your voice, how excited you are to go to Talladega this weekend, how much of a chance you all have here to run really well. Just talking with some of your guys, too, and the guys on your team, how excited are they about the opportunity that could be in front of you guys this weekend at Talladega? Well, you know, it's uh, – and while we get it – I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I love to race. It don't matter where we're going. I, I love to race. But I, I have to say that Talladega and Daytona are the great equalizers, you know, with the draft and everything, the way the racetracks are made and the draft, you can take a team and, and our team, when I say our team, our Carl Long MBM motorsports team, we're, we're uh, to be honest with you, we're a very underfunded racing team. I mean, the, the budgets, we're, again, we're thankful for the partners we have and the sponsors we have so thankful for them but if you look at the industry and look at our series and the teams we compete against if you if you knew how much difference from the top teams to the teams that like like us it's a huge financial gap there you know what I mean we do pretty damn good from what with with the budget we have to work on but Talladega and Daytona we have an opportunity to win that race. You know what I mean? I think anytime you go to Daytona, you go to Talladega, you know, uh, there's a, uh, you know, a, a good Cinderella story that could possibly happen. You know what I mean? And uh, abs absolutely, you know, and uh, so uh, I'm always excited to race those racetracks. I love them. I've been so close over the years of winning one of them, haven't accomplished that. And uh, I always love having the opportunity and look forward to, to going there to race. Yeah, uh, Talladega certainly puts on a show every single year. 
And uh, David, for you, this is your first restrictor plate race of the year. Uh, a little bit different compared to most years when you run that Daytona race and such. Uh, been a while since you've uh, done any plate racing of some sorts here. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that different for you? I mean, it, it's, is this one of the longest stretches for you? You haven't been plate racing of sorts? I, I would guess, I would think back to last year when we had that shut down during the pandemic, you went a while as well there. Well, just the way the business side of our sport worked out, I didn't have all my deals put together and my deal with Carl Long and, and a lot of my partners didn't come together until late. And unfortunately, for the first time in 24 years, I missed Daytona, you know, but, but, I, but when Daytona came and went, I'm racing in all the other races, but man, I, I can't tell you how, man, it was like, I think I would rather have somebody beat me up than I would to mess the Daytona race. That's how bad it hurt, man. It's like, man, I can't believe I'm not out there racing. But, but Tyler, I know what I need in a race car, and I know how to race Talladega and Daytona. Uh, so uh, once I get in a race car and get going, man, it uh, we 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 hadn't skipped we hadn't skipped a beat since it's been last year. You know, even though I messed Daytona at the, at the beginning of the year, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's like you never left. <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> hey, david we know your competition is listening to the show so i know you can't give away like major secrets or your major strategy but who are you looking to draft with on saturday what's kind of your game plan without giving it away to the competition well man you got a good point there uh you know you you, you draft with a lot of your teammates timmy hill and, and and man the way it works out sometimes you just kind of get hooked up with three or four cars and you work good together you know you never know it's always interesting, somebody you don't even think that you're going to team up with, the next thing you know, you team up with somebody because your cars work good together, you know? And uh, it's kind of a – you always – you know, I'm sitting here thinking in my mind as we're talking about it, a lot of times for me, I always wonder, man, if, when the race starts, am I going to charge to the front and try to go to the front right away? Or am I going to be – Am I just going to be okay with riding in the middle of the pack or dropping back a little bit? And, and, you know, it's like, man, what is that? Why do you say that? Because a lot of times when you're starting where I'm going to be starting in the middle of the pack and you start drafting your way up to the front, sometimes when that's my strategy, just to go, go to the front and try to just ride up there for the, for the race Getting to the front sometimes, man, we're four wide, we're five wide, people are beating and banging, and we're on lap 14. And I I have to be honest with you, the last couple of years, I mean, I'm talking about I had a great race car, I'm drafting my way up to the front, and, man, cars are beating and banging, people are blocking each other, and I'm thinking, man, we're going to wreck, you know? So a lot of times I wave my right hand, let people know, hey, I'm backing up. You know what I mean? So I'll back up and, and kind of put a little bit of real estate in between myself and the group in front of me and have about six, seven, eight cars behind me, you know, just because it, it gives me a chance to, if something goes wrong, gives me a chance to try to avoid a wreck. Doesn't always work that way. But a lot of times I'm like, man, the racing is so cool. And I wish people could see what I'm seeing. You know, I'm like, man, we're on lap number eight. I mean, we're beating and banging. People are almost spinning out. You're like, man, you know, we got 100 laps to go. I don't mind wrecking on the last oh, – we have five laps to go. I don't mind wrecking. But at least I'm racing for a good percent, uh, finishing result or uh, or trying to win. But man, Don't tell Carl that. Absolutely. But I hate <laughs> – absolutely. I don't want to wreck either because I want to finish. But, you know, a lot of times with how hard we're racing early on, I don't want to be part of that because I don't want to be in the garage with the tore up race car thinking, man, I should have, I should have backed out of there. You know what I mean? So, but that being said, there's really no really safe way, safe place on the racetrack. It's intense. It's awesome. I love it. And you hear a lot of drivers in the three series say, man, we hate plate racing. We hate the super speedways, but man, I love them. And uh, just thinking about it, man, I remember two or three years ago at Daytona, you know, I we didn't have the best engine, but I was fortunate enough to draft my way up near the front 
and I dropped in in front of Joey Logano, and Logano drives for Penske, and man, at the end, Joey pushed me all the way to the front. I was leading or running second. I don't remember, but I was up near the front. And the only reason why I was up there so good because Logano couldn't get around me. So he just pushed me. He pushed me the whole race, you know. I was taking advantage of his great Roush Yates horsepower, you know. And, uh, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of strategy to it. You know, you want to hook up. You want to get one of those good powerhouse cars behind you because they'll bump you and bump you and bump draft you and help you if they can't get around you, you know. So it's it's awesome racing, man. There's so much strategy going on. But I can assure you that I want to be there at the end and go for it when there's 10 laps to go. Uh, and sometimes, man, it's so hectic and so crazy. I'm always – I'm like, man – I'm amazed at what's going on in front of me because, I mean, it's like I can't believe we're not wrecking already. And sometimes that's on lap five or six. It's it's nuts, man. But And that being said, you got the best drivers in the world really racing in NASCAR. But, man, when we they dropped a green at Talladega. It's so wide. It's so smooth. And it's so fast. It's easy to go four or five wide. You know what I mean? And, and hey, we're all race car drivers. We want to be in the front, so we're all trying to get to the front. But it just gets crazy sometimes, all the time. <laughs> it's oh awesome. yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, David, we, we hear you talk about some of your favorite memories. You know, working with Joey and such like that. What about off the track? Have you had some good times in the Talladega <laughs> campground or hanging out with the uh, fine folks of Alabama or anything like that? Tell me about some of your favorite memories. Don't give me the PC version either. If, 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 you, saw some, if you hung out with some naked woman, I want to hear about it. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm a married man, uh, Tyler. <laughs> man, you know, it's uh, – Talladega is really a special place, and uh, – it's special because the, the people make it special. The, the, the race fans make NASCAR what it is. And uh, when you go to Daytona and when you, especially Talladega, Talladega out of all the racetracks in the country, I think it's the biggest party. Talladega Boulevard, if you've never been there and witnessed it, it's amazing, man. It's, it's amazing. A lot of my sponsors park their RVs and motorhomes on Talladega, Talladega Boulevard. And man, they cook food, they drink beer, they party, they they have such a great time, man. It's 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 amazing. And, and all the people, you can go from this Talladega Boulevard. It's like a, a old runway right through the center of the Talladega Super Speedway. But you got on both sides of this boulevard. There's there's motorhomes, you know. There's people's campsites. And every campsite will have a theme. Uh, a lot of time you got you got a, a band set up. Next one is a kitchen. They're cooking for everybody. And next one's a, like a uh, old country style, country western bar. Uh, but man, and then you, you skip over a couple of them down to down the boulevard, and there's a lot of poles there. You know, there's a lot of poles all down there your boulevard. So I mean, there's some craziness going on, but. I love it because there's so many great fans there partying, having a great time. And a lot of them forget that there's a race the next day, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, I just love going there. I, I love the, the partying. I love the passion that these people have. They love NASCAR racing. They love the parties. It's just a big party, man. And it's, 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 a, it's, really, it's really awesome to experience and to see it if you've ever have. Dominic, have you ever been to Talladega? I have, actually, and I, I attest to what David's saying. I went to the spring race in 2018, and that's the only time I've ever been. But Matt Corson, who was working with me at the time with the racing experts, got to camp out with his grandparents. David, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Talladega Knights RV Park, about 400 yards away from the Talladega Speedway Boulevard, right off I-20. That's where we stayed. What a great experience. I've only camped out at a track twice. The other time was Bristol earlier that year, but – what a cool experience. The fans, you can just hear the passion coming from all different parts around the country, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, a lot of great fans. And it made my experience a lot of fun with that. So I camped out at the Talladega Knights RV Park. That was a lot of fun. We were like a two-minute drive from the racetrack. It's going to be one of my fondest memories of ever going to an NASCAR track, 2018 <laughs> April race weekend. 
that, that's pretty cool. How about you, Tyler? You ever been there? I have not. In fact, actually, I was supposed to go October of last year, but, you know, the pandemic happens. So once all this stuff passes, I want to get the full Talladega experience. I don't want to <laughs> go when it's half capacity or something like that. I want to go when we're back to normal times, 100% capacity. And the plan is, so this is what I'm supposed to do when I do go to Talladega. I've already got this cleared with Talladega PR and everything. I'm going to go with my dad, bring him to Talladega, and we're going to get – we got an RV spot that Talladega is going to give us in the infield for free. They're going to give my dad a credential as well. And uh, we're just going to go redneck for a full weekend at Talladega. Well, man, that's that's the way to do it right there, buddy. And even <laughs> if you don't go redneck, it, it, it'll happen while you're there. <laughs> but uh, you know how cool Talladega is, you know, and, and I love this. I've heard some great stories from people that have been put in the Talladega jail. They've gotten a little bit out of control, had a little bit too much to drink, and they put them in. The, they got the Talladega has its own jail. It's the only wow. racetrack I know that they have their own jail there, you know. But the cool part about it is, is uh, you know, I think after you sober up a little bit and come to your senses, they release you. You know what I mean? And I think that's pretty awesome, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's pretty cool when uh, – when, uh, when the racetrack has its own jail. <laughs> that is pretty cool. And I got to yeah. say, too, I mean, being at that racetrack, I've gotten to shoot photos of a lot of these facilities. Man, I will tell you, shooting photos at Talladega Super Speedway along the front stretch, you're in these closed-off areas where photographers can go. Man, what a rush it is to shoot photos at that track. You're always on your toes. You're always keeping your head on a swivel, making sure that nobody's around. You've you got your surroundings covered. But especially at Talladega, you got these cars flying 190 miles an hour down the front stretch, and you're just 100 feet away from them, right? The way the bird flies, it's like wow, you're so close to the action. It's it's just that much more spectacular. I've never had a rush like that shooting photos like I did at Talladega. Well, Dominic, you're oh. off a little. You're off a little bit. Let me correct you. Let's, How let's much am I off by a day? Like 80 let's feet. Let's talk about 200 miles an hour, maybe over 200 miles an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. 43 race cars on top of each other, man. It's just, there's nothing like it, man. It's, it's awesome. Incredible. So, man, so one, one more thing on Talladega before we move on guys, what, what are some of the, the favorite memories you've had just as, as fans or just watching the race? Like to me, my first Talladega memory that comes to mind is, 04 when Jeff Gordon beat out Dale Jr. at the caution and they were throwing the beer cans at Jeff Gordon, <laughs> his Pepsi car and everything, you know, that that's what eventually led to, uh, I guess, the uh, green-white checker rule was that race and such. That's immediately what comes to mind when I think Talladega. I also think of that time Brian Vickers wrecked uh, Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson to win as well. Those are my two memories. What comes to mind to you, Dominic? I think, I mean, besides being there in 2018, I always looked forward to it as a kid. Like, wow, four times a year you get a chance where anybody in the field could truly go out there and win the race. So I always looked forward to watching the races. I think 2009 with Keselowski and, and Carl Edwards in the 09 car, Phoenix Racing, going to victory lane. I remember the week before at Phoenix Raceway, going to my first race as a fan, right? And Sterling Marlin was in the car and he crashed. And I was like, wow, that 09 car is still out there. I remember thinking to myself, wow, they're never going to win a race. Well, seven days later, I was wrong. That was a cool memory. Absolutely. What about you, David, as a fan? Any Talladega races come to mind over the years? Man, so many great memories. You know, as a kid growing up, uh, going to Talladega, not as a competitor, uh, a kid that had big aspirations, big dreams, uh, to be there, I always snuck into the garage and went over and saw Richard Petty because he was my hero, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and then, you know, just being there was magical as a, as a young kid that, that just, I lived, eat and slept NASCAR racing, you know, so uh, to be there and see the Talladega racetrack and to sneak in the garages was unbelievable. And I guess, you know, another big memory for me is the first time I raced at Talladega. You know, you just you just couldn't believe that that was happening. You know what I mean? It's like 
you know, so man, I, I dreamed of doing this and, and Talladega and being there and, and pulling out on the racetrack, making my first lap there, man. It just, uh, it's just, it's hard to describe what that meant to me and what that meant. It meant the world to me. So uh, a lot of, a lot of great, great, great memories from there, you know, and, and uh, a lot of sad memories over the years of things that have happened there. A lot of great finishes, uh, Tyler, you talked about Jeff Gordon winning that race when he beat Dale Earnhardt, and and man, I remember, man, he was he came around, took the checker flag, you know, and and he came by the front straightaway after he got the checker flag, and man, it was raining beer cans, you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you just seen so much, you know, back years ago when Bobby Allison uh, tore down the front fence on the front straightaway, uh, and that was the first time that. NASCAR implemented restrictor plates to slow the race cars down. You know, you can't have race cars flying into the stands. Uh, so many memories, so much stuff has happened at that racetrack. And, but, but man, what a, what a great uh, racetrack and what beautiful fans. And it's just a, it's just an incredible place. Our whole sport's awesome. Oh yeah, that is uh, that is for sure. Let's go ahead and move on to our, NASCAR news and notes segment, but before we do, I want to plug uh, Whataburger another time for you. Just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night, at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Dominic, what is happening in the racing world this week? Uh, I heard there was some really old rookie in IndyCar or something. Yeah, I heard something about that. I, all I'm going to say is if I was writing his public relations or doing part of his PR team of the weekend, I would say that Jimmy Johnson finished top 20 in his debut. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson made his IndyCar debut this past weekend. He ended up finishing three laps down in 19th place. But, I mean, I think that – overshadows the fact that, hey, a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion has transitioned and he has crossed over into running into a completely different brand of motorsports, a completely different kind of discipline. And we're going to see Johnson run a few races this year. But what did you guys think of his debut this weekend? Well, uh, the way I looked at it was his number one goal was to finish the race. And sure, he did spin out, but he came back and he finished the race. And it's going to take him a while to adjust to uh, the, the race cars that, that Indy runs and, uh, you know, road courses too. He's got this whole emphasis on road courses. That was never his strength in NASCAR. You, I mean, you could make a case. I think Jimmy's the greatest NASCAR driver of all time, but he's probably not top 30 or top 40 when it comes to road course racers all time in NASCAR. That wasn't his strength at all. So, uh, I, I think this is going to take a long time for him to adapt. I, I could see him win a road course race or two down the road, but, but, but David, I, I think it's, it's going to take a while. I, I would consider last weekend a success for Jimmy there. Well, I, I, I agree with both of you. Uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, I don't know if this has been, you know, last three, four or five years, however long it's been, he's been thinking about IndyCar racing and, and, and wanting to, participate in it and try it and and like you said Tyler I, I think finishing the race it was a top 20 you know matter how you look at it you know uh he finished the race he accomplished something you know you gotta you gotta crawl before you can walk and and uh you know the Indy cars compared to a, a stock car 3400 pound stock car is totally night and day comparison you know I've never driven an Indy car before but man such a such a different type of a, a race car and uh, man I was proud of him you know I didn't watch the race and I'm just hearing you guys talk and I didn't know that he spun out I mean that's pretty cool that he spun out in an Indy car on a road course didn't hit anything was able to make a pit stop and continue you know what I mean that's pretty shocking but but uh but man I, I'm just proud of Jimmy Johnson man what a what a class act he's a great friend of mine uh, you know, even though he's our seven-time champ and seven-time champ, there's only two other guys who have ever done anything of that magnitude, Richard Petty and, and the late, great Dale Earnhardt. But, man, I'm, I'm so proud of him. I know he's happy. That's what he wants to be doing. 
and 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 like you y'all were talking, I I look for him to get better and better every time he he, he gets in an Indy car, you know. So uh, I, I'm just excited. I can't wait to see him on an oval. You know what I mean? And kind of like what you were saying, Tyler. You know, the road courses wasn't Jimmy Strong suits as a driver, but you know, uh, you know, but the Indy car racing. There's a lot of road street courses, a lot of road courses, you know, and uh, I heard an interview with him one time and he talked about he wanted to run, you know, for his first season, he wanted to do a lot of road courses and then kind of see how he felt about everything and analyze his performance. And, uh, but I heard some rumblings that he, that he might go racing in Indianapolis 500. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for him, but you know, you know, he's happy. That's what he wanted to be doing. And, uh, it's not a bad retirement gig for him. You know what I mean? I was sad that we don't have him back in NASCAR, but we had him for a long time. And uh, like you said, uh, Tyler, he's uh, you think he's the all-time best. I, I would tell you that I think he's probably in the top three, top four of the all-time best. I mean, amazing talent. But, uh, but that's pretty cool to be able to go to your first IndyCar race and finish in the top 20. Yeah, Absolutely. certainly, uh, for sure. Dominic, what else we got? Last headline of the day, but just before we add on to that, too, you brought up a great point there, Tyler. 83 wins for Jimmy Johnson in the Cup Series, one road course win, and that was 2010 at Sonoma. So, <laughs> yeah, only one win, and that was – I'll even be willing to say that was a lucky win there, too, because Marcus Ambrose was the dominant car that day, and his car stalled out going up between turns one and two with a few laps to go under caution. So, Johnson did get the win, though. The win is the win. But the other headline that we're looking at this weekend, too – Hey, another Burton will seal their name in the Cup Series as a racer. Harrison Burton will be making his Cup Series debut with the Gaunt Brothers Racing Team in the 96 Toyota this Sunday at Talladega. So this will be his first start. Guys, if he can pull off the win, which, I mean, we know at Super Speedways, any of these guys have a chance at winning a race. If he can pull off the victory on Sunday, it will mark the first time in a very long time that a driver wins in their debut. The last time a driver did that was Johnny Rutherford at Daytona all the way back to 1963. Wow. So here's something to think about just real quick. Um, he'll make his debut. He got approved by NASCAR to make his debut at Talladega. David, Jennifer Jo Cobb was supposed to run for Rick Ware this weekend to make her cup debut and did not get uh, approved by NASCAR. So uh, we'll see Harrison, but we're not going to see Jen Joe. Well, I'm excited for Harrison. I mean, man, Harry, the Burton family, you know, I, I mean, when you say Burton, you just, that's just talent. You know what I mean? Those guys are amazing race car drivers, you know, and, and Harrison has not, not let us down from that. You know, he's, I don't know how many Xfinity races he's won, but he's done a tremendous job and, and I'm excited for him. I'm excited for that young kid to get in the cup car at Talladega because like like y'all are saying, he might, he might we might see him in victory lane. You know, there's an opportunity for him to win a race there, so that's kind of cool. And and Tyler, speaking of Jennifer Joe Cobb, man, I, it's kind of interesting. You know, I uh, you know Jennifer Joe's a great, she's a great girl, a great driver. Uh, you know, she's been racing her own truck. You know, people don't understand, and I don't know how long. I want to say it's been 12, 13 or longer. She's had a career in the, in the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series, uh, but she owns her own team, you know. And, it, and it, I want to say it goes back to having having key people, having good crew chiefs, having good strong engineering, having good good manufacturers manufacturing support behind you, having good horsepower, great trucks, just a great. You know, and I want to say that Jennifer Jo Cobb, I've been impressed with her over the years because she's had some good runs over the years. I've seen her do some stuff on the racetrack that I was like, caught my attention. I said, man, she's really good. But the truth of the matter is owning her own team and, and that financial burden that, that she takes on by herself to own her own NASCAR team is, is a feat, is, is an amazing accomplishment. She hasn't had the best equipment or the best people working on our racing teams, but I think over the years she's done a tremendous job. And I think if you took Jennifer Jo Cobb and you put her in a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck, I think you would see her 
have some great results. And I think we would be impressed with her ability. So when I heard that she was going to run a cup race at Talladega, I was excited for her, you know what I mean? Because she, she's a great person. And, and I believe, and, and for me personally, I think she's earned the right to do that. She's got, she was very fortunate. She got to have some good sponsors, good partners. And one of them stepped up, said, hey, let's run a cup race. And she was able to put a deal together with Rick Rare Racing to do that. And I, 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 when I heard the news that NASCAR did not approve her to compete in the race this coming Sunday at Talladega, you know, I, I, I think about it. I've been thinking about it. Just, I don't know, because she's a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I got mixed emotions about it. And uh, wanted to ask you guys, what's y'all's thoughts on it? You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to see Jennifer Joe run the Talladega race. And you're right, Dave. I don't think you can really bat an eye at her accomplishments as an owner-driver in the truck series, full-time, that is, too. Mm -hmm. And what she has done over the years, I remember she had a really strong run in the Daytona truck race a few years back. I think the opener, the one that Michael Waltrip won, she was in the top 10 in that race, too. Right. So I am impressed with her. I, I think it's a shame we're not going to see her race on Sunday. I'm not really sure what the exact protocols were on what NASCAR's final determination was on why she isn't racing. But it's a shame. So I know they had to scramble to get J.J. Ailey to fill that seat for the, the race. I mean, and, and I think Jennifer Jo Cobb, knowing how she races at super speedways, we would have probably seen her lay back. And I think she would have been up at the front at the end, getting a good finish. I mean, who knows how well she would have done, but I really think there's a good chance she could have run well. What do you think, Tyler? Well, the way I look at it, guys, is I get what NASCAR is going for as far as trying to, uh, you know, narrow who can run cup cars. But my issue is the consistency with it, that uh, we haven't seen it this way before, that they're not consistent on who can race and who can't race. Uh, that's where I take issue with. If you want to say, like, hey, you got to meet this criteria to be eligible to race, uh, that criteria needs to be consistent. So that's where I have a problem with not letting Jen race uh, this weekend. Best of luck to Harrison Burton, though, in uh, making his cup debut there at Talladega. Yeah, I think Jennifer would have done a great job. And 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 kind of like what Dominic was saying, I think that she would have held back. She would have drafted with some people and 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 made sure that she was comfortable. And I think that she would have had a, a decent, great finish, you know. So, you know, and kind of like what you're saying, Tyler, I don't know what NASCAR's protocol or what the criteria is. I was really – surprised when I when I saw that that they did not approve her because uh you know because she's been racing a NASCAR for a long time and, and again like Dominic was saying she's finished in the top 10 at some Daytona races and uh you know I've seen her I've seen her race really good when she's had good equipment and a good engine you know so uh but anyway you know I I just I felt for her I know she's worked her tail off and deserves the opportunity. And I was saddened to hear no matter what the criteria was or what the reasoning was behind it from NASCAR standpoint, I understand that as well. So I was just kind of sad for Jennifer Joe because I know how much she's put into this sport and how hard she works, you know. And, uh, you know, she didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be a NASCAR driver. I mean, she's been racing her whole life. And, uh, you know, and made it all come together. And she's been racing here for 15 years or however many long years it's been. But, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I don't know right from wrong or, or what the criteria was or what the reasoning was, yeah. but I just kind of disappointed that, uh, that it did happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, time to uh, get to our final segment of the show. It is our Ask David segment. We, ask you to submit questions on Facebook, Twitter, and by email. You can find us facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, email David Star Podcast at gmail.com. And our first email comes from Patrick. Patrick writes, David, what do you think of the movie Talladega Nights? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's an interesting question, you know, because I used to have a sponsor in the construction industry, Zachary Construction Company out of San Antonio, Texas. And uh, 
one of the things they utilized me for was to go to these big projects around the United States. And I'm talking about a lot of projects, uh, about 80 to 90 of them in a, in a, in a 11 month time. And uh, I used to go to these power plants where they were building new power plants or putting a new exhaust system on a, on an older power plant. But I would go there and talk to them about teamwork and safety. And, uh, uh, ask me that question again. I lost my mind, my train of thought here. Ask me that. I asked Oops. you what you think of the movie Talladega Nights. Okay, okay. So anyway, when I when I go to these when I when I did go to these projects around the country and I talked to the professional craft, you know, the crane operators, the welders, the electricians, you know, all these different trades they have on these on these projects. I mean, it could be anywhere to to uh, 800 to 3,000 people I was talking to at, at times. And I would talk to them about safety and teamwork in our industry of NASCAR racing, which is everything. It's all about safety and it's all about the team. But I would talk to them about that and what that meant to me and, and all our procedures and processes. And after about talking for about 45 minutes, you know, the kind of a cool thing, they would have people out in the audience with microphones. And they would ask me as the Zachary race car driver questions. And a lot of them would quote, say quotes from Talladega Nights, you know what I mean? And uh, I know a lot of the quotes, you know, my smoke, my smoking hot wife and, you know, different quotes and I would laugh and I would tell them the truth of the matter is I have never sat down and watched the movie Talladega Nights. I never have. I, and, and, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. And after, after doing about, I don't know, 40 or 50 of these uh, appearances and, and, and people, you know, these, these made, made me a lot of males. There's some females in the audience, but males, you know, and man, they ought always hit me with those quotes. You know, y'all know the quotes in the movie. There's some great quotes. Okay. First and, and last. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would, and I would tell them that, hey, man, I, you know, I'd laugh and I'd tell them, I said, hey, you know, that's, a fu that's funny. I don't care who you are, that's funny. But I've never sat down and watched Talladega Nights. So, man, I, I probably got about 15 DVDs of Talladega Nights movie. And still today, I have never, ever <laughs> sat down and watched Talladega Nights. And let me tell you how crazy that is because my kids – my kids love Talladega Nights movie, and I couldn't believe when they started watching years ago, I would watch bits and pieces of it, and I would look over at my wife and say, what are you doing? She said, well, they love it, you know what I mean? But uh, anything with Will Ferrell in it is absolutely hilarious, but I really, one of these days, I need to sit down, and I need to watch that movie. <laughs> My, my, my favorite line from that movie, Dominic, is uh, when he uh, he meets up with his dad again at the Applebee's, and he says, uh, uh, "Dad, I live my whole life based on if you're first, if you ain't first or last." It's like, Bobby, I probably said that when I was high. There's second, there's third, <laughs> hell, there's fourth, there's fifth. I mean, come on now. <laughs> That's a good line. I, uh, one of my favorites, one of the one-liners from when they're doing some of these little promos, I think it's been way through the film, and he's holding up some product. He goes, hi, I'm Ricky Bobby. And if I don't, chew, if you don't chew Big Red, then, well, you know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to surprise you guys sometime on this podcast. I'm going to watch it sometime, but I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to learn a really one-liner, and I'm going to use it on y'all, surprisingly, to see if y'all catch on to it, you know. <laughs> but, no, I have never sat down and watched Talladega Nights, and, and I'm embarrassed to say that. Well, don't let us down, David. We look forward to some sort of obscure, <laughs> like, off-the-wall one-liner that we're going to hear on the podcast here pretty soon. Absolutely, man. Okay, next question. This one's from Cody. Cody writes, David <laughs> – What's your favorite flavor of Kool-Aid? <laughs> hey, we all love our Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> well, that's uh, you know, going back, because my only Kool-Aid that I drink today is Dr. Pepper. You know what I mean? So, but as a kid growing up, 
you know, it was, uh, man, I remember going to Kroger's, the grocery store, and, man, they had those little sugar packs of Kool-Aid. And, man, we had Kool-Aid growing up all the time, you know, my whole childhood. But uh, if you're talking about my my beverage of choice today, the Kool-Aid I drink today, I've never drank in my life. You know what I mean? I uh, and I don't know why that is. You know, but uh, I uh, I love Kool Aid, the real Kool Aid. As a kid, <laughs> what flavor <laughs> though? That cherry, dude. Cherry, cherry Kool Aid, dude. Oh, I'm there with you. Uh, my problem was I would take like too many packets and just all of a sudden you're just drinking a whole thing of sugar at that point. You, you got to stick to one packet. <laughs> you, you drink, what, do you drink Kool-Aid? What's your flavor? I did as a kid. My mom used to make this big, like half gallon pitcher of grape Kool-Aid and she'd put like a bucket of sugar in it. Oh man. Bouncing up and down the walls. Martina and I were my brother. So we yeah, had a lot of fun with that. It was either the grape or I think like you guys, the cherry. Yeah, yeah we, you know, we, can't, we can't drink it now because that's called diabetes. <laughs> you know, the, it's funny that we're talking a lot about Talladega this week because <laughs> over the years, you know, my buddies and just people I've met there and the fans, you know, that I've met over the years, I, they, they always say, you want some Kool-Aid? It's like, man, I'm good with the Kool-Aid I'm drinking, my Dr. Pepper, you know what I mean? I'm good because their type of Kool-Aid, and my type of Kool-Aid, let me tell you, is two different things, you know. <laughs> Kool-Aid have, their Kool-Aids have peaches and, 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 and uh, peaches in them. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> you can only imagine what kind of Kool-Aid I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, before we get out of here, just a, a couple news and notes things. Dom, uh, I don't know if we can announce this yet or not. Stop me if uh, if I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, I, I believe that we we have some some partnerships uh, of sorts in the works uh, that'll be in some races in the future here. Man, Tyler, I, that's a good question. I, I mean, we'll, I'll defer this to David. I'm going to pass the buck here. What do you think, Dave? Should we announce or should we hold off? Go for it, man. I'm, I'm kind of interesting to hear what you're going to tell me. <laughs> Tyler, you break the ice here. What are you thinking? Oh, no, no. You, you worked on this, so you get the privilege. Okay. Well, we've had a, a great time here working with Dave here on the podcast, and it's been a fun four months. We're not going anywhere. No, that's not the news, actually. <laughs> what the news is, is we worked out a deal, actually, with David and, and his team owner, Carl Long, and NBM Motorsports. We're going to have the podcast on for a four-race deal with David starting at Darlington. We'll have the Jones Report, a podcast that Tyler hosts on top of his duties with running this show, and then my company, theracingexperts.com. We worked out a cool little deal with Carl Long to have those three logos on the car, four of the next five Xfinity races, and Timmy Hill's All-Star Open Cup Series ride. So that's going to be really cool to see our logos on the car and worked out a cool little deal with, with Mr. Long himself. So I'm really excited about it, guys. We're going to have the three logos for our three entities on David's ride and Timmy's ride. I'm I'm excited about it. And Dominic and I are making a point to be at the all-star race in Texas when we're on Timmy's car. And I can tell you this right now, David, uh, we would do this anyway, just for the fact that, you know, he, that Timmy's in the NBM family, but we're going to make a point to promote the hell to get Timmy into the all-star race. That'd be, we got to be in the all-star race when we're on the race car. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, uh, I hope uh, I hope they vote Timmy Hill in. He's my teammate. It'd be kind of cool to see a, a team like our team, MBM Motorsports, a car along to have a, a car that's actually competing in the all-star race. I think that would be awesome. So uh, we got a work cut out for us that we're going to try to help out in that in that process to get Timmy in the all-star race. But, hey, man, we got some great listeners and uh, – I don't know when the voting start the vote the voting starts, but we need to get on it and get after it after when it does. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, two weeks from now, Mario Andretti is going to join us here on Let's Go Racing with David Starr, and we're certainly excited about that. But that really kicks off. Uh, I don't know if we have a marketing campaign for this or not yet. We're still kind of working on it, but uh, we're we're going to have what we call something to the effect of Championship May. Or we're going to make a point on this show throughout the month of May to profile those that have been champions in the month of May in the most prestigious races, whether it was Indy, 
Coke 600. Who knows? Maybe we'll get somebody that's won Monaco or something like that. I don't know. But, but Dominic, we got some great stuff in the works for uh, next month. We do. We can't announce all the lineup yet. We're still finalizing our final two guests, but I can tell you that May, the weekend of May 4th, or that first week of May, I should say, Mario Andretti will join the show. And the week after that, the 2009 Coca-Cola 600 champion will join the show. That is David Rudiman. Who the man? David Rudiman. <laughs> so, Rudy, man. So no guests this week. I hope that you guys uh, enjoyed the three of us uh, carrying the show this week. We, we had some business to catch up on, but – Nonetheless, David, we got some exciting times ahead. No, no doubt about it, man. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I can't believe we're going to have Mario Andretti on our podcast, man. That's pretty cool. Wow, what a! I mean, when you're thinking of race car drivers all time in the world, I mean, I think of AJ Ford, Mario Andretti. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and to have him on our podcast, that's 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 just. That's I can't believe it, man. That's that. What an honor that will be. You know what I mean. And I hope the listeners will enjoy it as well. I know we will. You know. So yeah. And maybe, maybe we'll and we'll you know be kind of cool if we could deliver some Waterburger to him uh, when he's talking on our podcast to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, maybe so. Uh, that'd yeah. be great to see. And uh, that that's a good time to remind the folks out there about Whataburger's breakfast. Uh, stop by Whataburger for hot, hearty breakfast any morning, late or night. They're serving up breakfast 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger! About time to put the checkered flag out on this episode of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also on YouTube. Make sure to leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button. We certainly would appreciate it. You can uh, follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. David, real quick, what do you got these next couple days as uh, you're leading up to Talladega here? Man, I got, I got I got a couple busy days. I'm, I'm leaving for Talladega Thursday afternoon, but uh, lots going on back here at home. And uh, man, I uh, just uh, trying to finish, finish up some projects I've been working on and uh, working on some sponsor stuff. Uh, there's never a dull moment, you know, when you got two little got little boys. I just uh, was at soccer practice with Vance earlier, and I think tomorrow night I got baseball practice and. Uh, but man, I'm I'm ready to let's go racing there at Talladega this weekend. And uh, and man, you're talking about hot and fresh morning, afternoon, evening, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I didn't eat breakfast at Waterburger, but I had lunch there and I had dinner there. <laughs> it was freaking <laughs> <super> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, what's going on on the uh, racing experts this week? Man, we'll continue to cover the sport and the daily happenings of NASCAR and the whole world of motorsports. Jonathan Field, Adam Kuhn, Justin Malillo, all of our guys that do a wonderful job keeping our fans informed and the sport of NASCAR informed as well. So we'll continue with that. We've got some cool giveaways here really soon planned, not only with the RacingExperts.com, but also with the David Starr podcast on Twitter. So just be following the page. Be looking for those. We've got some cool autograph stuff here in the works. So just be staying tuned for that. Tyler, what about you, man? Uh, new Jones support coming out Thursday, uh, talking NFL draft with uh, NFL draft insider Benjamin Albright. So uh, check that out there on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. And and uh, recovering from covering this uh, Derek Chauvin trial the last couple of days, as you can imagine, it's been uh, intense. Glad to have that over with. Uh, but yeah, all sorts of giveaway stuff coming up in the future. Maybe we'll give out some of these. My mom already wants one of these shirts. So uh, I, I imagine they're going to be in uh, high demand here in the uh, near future. But we got to go. Too, I've gotten a few people reaching out. Lori, I know you're watching too. We got to get you a shirt here too. No question. No doubt, no, no doubt about that. We got to go for David Starr, Dominic Argon, I'm Tyler Jones saying so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.